Welcome to New Dimensions with your host, Reverend Nicholas Barrett. Our identities are not labels identifying who we are to others. Rather, they are found in God's riches, His likeness and character. We can discover our true selves and live the way He has intended for us to live. Now, here is Reverend Nicholas Barrett. Good morning, it's Nicholas. I say good morning because we're here in Los Angeles, California. Wherever you are in the world, it's, it may be evening, it may be morning, it may be afternoon. Welcome, welcome. It's so good to be here. I have a great show for you today. Um, we're going out, as I say, live on the wonderful Voice America platform, which is 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time each Wednesday. And then this particular episode and any previous episode can then be searched on iTunes. It can be uh, listened to again on the iTunes platform just by putting in New Dimensions, which is the name of the show. You know, firstly, I want to thank you all for making this time in your busy day, as I'm sure you have 99 things to do, but you've made this one of them. You know, this is a brand new moment in a timeless line of eternity for all of us, as none of us have been here before, but all have overcome what we've passed to be in this moment. The greatest potential is always in the step ahead, as it's the only one that you can impact. You can't change your past, but your thoughts can open the door to a greater future. Just want to start off with Isaiah 43:19, as though this is the power of this new moment. Be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a way in the road through the desert, rivers in the badland. And I really feel this for somebody. This means don't stay. We have a habit of staying in the nothing new mindset. It's our society. Some of us are so resigned to the mundanity of our lives that we conform to this lie. I hear this a lot. So what's new? What's new? There's a tiredness, a cynicism. There's a kind of almost a, a weariness about that. And we need to pick ourselves up. You know, with that mindset, you can't see anything new happening, even if it would fall on your lap. This type of thinking will rob you from the blessing that God very often has right in front of us. However, the same old, same old mentality has prevented you from seeing it. It can be like an umbrella that you're looking to find on a rainy day because of conformity and pattern. You leave it in the hallway and you just don't see it. You're, you're looking all in all the other places. So very often we're looking in all the wrong places, but the blessing is right where we are. You know, each moment you breathe, and I really believe this, is an incubator greatness. There is no such thing as the same as people are being born and dying each and every day. There are about 360,000 people born each day and about 151,000 people dying each day. So same old, same old is an illusion and a mind that has been societally conditioned that prevents many of us really from having a vision. We get lost like a hamster going round in the wheel. We're going round, round and round. We're being efficient but not effective because there has to be a vision. Always aim for a vision. You know, please, God has too much in store for you, so really try and snap out of it. I was really putting this at the beginning of my message today because I really felt it strong. We're in the middle of a week, and things are going on in the world that seems to be almost a drudgery because we're getting a lot of bad news, but when we focus on that bad news, there is no hope and there is no vision. Nothing new can come in when we're focusing on that. So we need to elevate, focus on God has the ability to go through it with you, and also it, the potential is always ahead of you. So making a way in the desert, I will even make a way in the wilderness. You know, there was a, a way made for the Israelites through the wilderness, which laid between Egypt and Canaan. This was written in a, a bleak time in the Israelites' history as they'd lost m most of what they thought they'd always have. And what this really means to you is that on your journey, you'll be provided for. And when you think there is no way, God's already mapped out your route of whatever you're in right now. So many of us tend to dwell in what happened in our past. So to get something new in our lives, we need to make the past work for us. You know, it cannot be moved or removed. You know, your past is etched in your story for eternity. You know, to make it work for you, there needs to be a shift in your thinking, a change in perception that the circumstances that you've been through, yes, I'm not trying to discount those as they're very likely painful, you know, um, very often what we overcome from that pain becomes our testimony. And within that is revealed our life purpose and helping others on their journey. So the curse can be flipped to, to be your greatest blessing. Take, for example, an average movie. The characters go through challenges, sometimes tragedy, 
and then they go on their way without any real change. However, in a really good movie, the adversity, be it as a disability, a sudden tragedy, an affliction, is their incubator that releases the blessing. You know, the one that becomes revealed right at the end of a movie and has the entire audience weeping. You know, you'll look around, a lot of handkerchiefs come out because there has been something that happened from the adversity, something great, something that strengthened them. They saw life in a different perspective. They maybe helped a lot of people as a result of what they've been through. So that's the potential that your life has, dear friend. Your mind hasn't even begun to get to grips with the greatness that's already ready to burst inside of you. So let's be challenged today. Let's be inspired to let go of our past and have our arms held wide open for a great future. So let's slow our minds down from our busy days. You know, we, we, I like to begin with a story because we get into the wheel of our mind, which is spinning, spinning, spinning at very high RPMs. So to slow that down, it brings you present to the moment. And when you're present, you can hear more. And when you hear more, you can benefit more. And when you benefit more, you can change your life. So I always like to begin with a fun story. Two travelers went to the mountains. When they crossed the halfway point of their climb, the beginner looked at the undergrowth and began to lament. And where is the beautiful scenery, he said which you were talking about all the time on our way up. His experienced companion smiled at him and answered, you're in the center of it. What you'll be convinced in is when you reach the top of the mountain. So let's get in with the message this week. The title is Seek, Find, and Release. And I'll repeat that. Seek, Find, and Release. We all start out with a blank canvas, with the masterpiece yet to be manifest. Your life and my life start with a yet unrevealed story, one that is ready to unfold like a movie loaded into its projector. Our lives, like a movie, involve a passage of time from one scene to another, from one stage to another. Some stories might be more intriguing than others, but regardless of where you're from or who you are, they involve twists and turns, heartbreaks and pain, loss and tragedies, triumphs and victories. You know, the place we find ourselves in can be seriously hard at times, We're born into a family and become part of their unraveling stories. We don't choose them, but we just appear in one of their scenes, one of their chapters of life. So just like a character in a movie, we get transplanted into an ongoing plot, a scene with many different takes. Life story can start with some very real disabilities. These may be from some type of abuse or neglect, a deformity or physical challenge or disability. But regardless of what the source of those is it involves heartbreak and a breaking of your spirit so very simply we need to develop the tools to live through the painful seasons or sometimes to live with them it's out of our individual family conditions our disabilities abilities and then from those our minds editing in other words our perception that become our transporter for discovery it sets us on a journey You know, as God made us in his spirit and likeness, there is an overcomer in each one of us, regardless of our disadvantages or life circumstances. There may not be a happily ever after, but there will be a masterpiece, a hidden gem that God put on the inside of you to be discovered. You know, this is what I call our assignment. I call this our seek. Our life becomes a pilgrimage, a journey of discovery. You know, as we have free will, many people use the poor me syndrome as their default mode. In our human nature, we sometimes find comfort in our familiar, which then steals the precious gift God put in you from ever being discovered. As I've often said, the tragedy is not that we die, but that many of us take so long to really start living. You know, we get trapped in fear, in discouragement, and that stops us from going forward to reach out of our comfort zone for the best that God has for us. We love our lives out of a default mode of, you know, things are things and resign to the comfort level of least resistance. You know, you need to stretch out of your comfort zone, battle that pressure, battle that resistance to go get it. You know, resistance requires persistence. You know, as the best of your life is an option. It's not a standard. The best doesn't come as a standard. It's an option. You have to reach for it. All the things that I've done, if I had let the enemy battle against me, I'd be flat on the floor. Maybe even this morning or today, I wouldn't be having the strength to do what I'm doing now. You have to battle to get something better. You know, Job 4.2.2 tells us, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. That really means no purpose that God put in you can be stopped. 
And Hebrews 11, 6 tells us, and without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So faith is your predicator. Faith is your predicator to actually not move God's hand because he's already done it, but actually to position yourself to activate your blessing, to activate your story or your promised land, the best for your life. You know, God made everything out of nothing. He created the heaven and the earth. He also created us in his image. So image denotes character, which is personality, nature, temperament, and representation. But to be very real, the main reason we all take so long to find the alchemy for our lives is that in our pride, we build a resistance to go to God the manufacturer. You know, we then embark on an individual lifelong search for happiness. We have allowed the world to put our thinking into its patterns. So we then go on an adventure to search for a solution. We try and get more education. We try and make more money. We try buying more, you know, expensive things. We try to feel accomplished. We try and travel to see if people are different or to escape out of our environments. We, you know, we take Prozac because our therapists get tired of our complaining. We do self-help because we think the more we can build ourselves, the more happy we'll become. You know, motivational speakers tell us that we can float like a butterfly and sting in a bean, like even walk on fire. So we then start to lose ourselves in working more. All this to avoid the idea of accepting that we're not in control. So to save you wasting any more time searching for what you can already have now, we're not in control. You know, I speak from the heart because I spent many, many, many years doing the same thing until the light started to illuminate the lies in 2006 for me. Since then, I cannot really put into words how I feel. It's been a a transformation, a complete change. But, you know, even believers in their acceptance that there is an alternative to worldly paradigms are at times veiled by the powerful influences, you know, of our human nature and its innateness to be wretched in the pursuit of selfish gain, lust and self-destruction. A great many of us, if we're really honest, don't really love ourselves or others, let alone God. You know, our false self takes on a skewed reality that we can live life independently from God. By putting pride aside, you can unlock the door to the treasure chest of your happiness. However, when we let the lies become our truth, we're robbed of the greatest treasure. You know, it's free, and yet we spend our entire lives trying to pay for it, trying to pay to find it, even though it's a free gift. You know, you can't buy it, you can't work it, you can't sex it, you can't medicate it, you can't add anything to it, as the answer has been there yesterday, today, and forevermore. You know, it's God, you know, God is the potter and we're the clay. So instead of fighting and resisting the things that happen in our lives, as we waste so much time in regrets, anger, thoughts about what we felt was wrong with someone or a situation, the what if this happens or that happens. You know, believe me, I know through my experience how hard living this way is, the way of the world. You know, what if you instead embrace that God is using all things to shape you into his masterpiece? Or let me put it this way, it's his process to give you the best for your life. Things have to be shaped the way that we like looking at them. You know, take, for example, a piece of furniture. It needs to be carved. You know, an engine block of a race car needs to be worked. A sculpture needs to be carved. So if we embrace instead of resist, which, to be honest, 97% of us do, that we need what we have to go through to get our lives looking to the way we want them, maybe would eradicate most of our man-made struggles. You know, the battle is never the circumstance or the condition, but your mind in the circumstance or the condition. You know, there isn't one disability, lack or disadvantage that God can't use for his glory and for your good. You know, what you think is stacked up against you, he will use for you. He qualifies the disqualified and then uses them to build his kingdom for his plan and purpose. Take, for example, David. David was a farm boy. He then became a king. Jonah ran away 2,500 miles from God um, to Tarshish instead of Nineveh, and he was used as a leader. Rahab was a prostitute, and despite her sketchy background, she was used by God in mighty ways. She demonstrated great faith and helped the people of God. Peter, the disciple, denied Jesus three times and failed many, many times, just like us, just like me and you. But God said, I'll build the church on you, Peter the Rock. The prodigal son demanded his share of the family estate, left home, squandered all the money. He came back to his senses, returning home, hoping that his father would accept him back as a servant. You know, his father saw him from afar, ran to meet him, hugged and embraced him and celebrated his return. So 
This shows as an illustration of God's love, compassion, forgiveness, and mercy, how much God loves us and welcomes us back. So wherever you are or however little you have, fear not, he's always going to be with you. So his presence is guaranteed, but the better for your life is not. You have to actually step out and reach for that. There's always an activity on our part. He's done it all, but we have to be active to activate God in our lives. So in staying in in Isaiah, We can be influenced by many things from the north, the south, the east, and the west, being the world's ways for life as opposed to God's master plan for each individual. It sets us up on a path of getting rather than giving, resisting rather than flowing, struggling rather than peacefully living, and striving rather than really surviving. So people who seek, Isaiah tells us, people who seek to walk by the light of their own man-made firebrands. So when we do it our way, there is this battle and there's this resistance you know the result for our lives becomes a pattern it becomes a tug of war the world and its influences and ideals have us orchestrating our lives in one way to what we think they should be and God's at the other end you know it's not surprising why you and I live in a world turned upside down by its inhabitants global monetary ideals shattered you know families fragmented races divided nations and their people at war character and ethics overlooked with personal edification, achievement, and personal self-gain. You know, we have a fear, and this is where all this comes from, to get more, to study more, to struggle more, to buy more. It comes when we have a fear of either not being enough ourselves or not having enough to make our journey until the end. And this is the source of perpetuation of all of the world's current problems. You know, what worked for me, and I'll I'll really give you some encouragement with this, was turning from worldly influences. For as long as I remained in them, they were not giving me change, but creating more of the same limiting paradigms that got me seeking the change in the first place. So I went to God. He created me. So it was like going back to the manufacturer's handbook. As I began to establish a personal relationship with him, and it's like anything you want to get the best from, you need to be personal and relational with it. I started to change my heart, and in that, I was able to improve the quality of my life. It's in the reduction of self, which is your pride, that you're then open to finding something that might work better for you. You know, very often we're so full of our stuff that we don't even have enough time for the things of God to come in. So we're called to step into something new, to rise to new levels. We're going to get on with a break now, and we're going to talk about, in the next segment, we're going to talk more about finding how we can use our circumstances for us not to be against us and how we can really start using the pain we've had or the circumstance we had to be our blessing, to be our destiny and to be our calling. It's been great sharing. I love you all. I thank you again for making this time and have a great break and I will talk to you in the next segment. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. You'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You 
are tuned in to New Dimensions. To reach Reverend Nicholas or his guests today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to nbarrett28 at yahoo.com. Now, back to New Dimensions. Hello again. Welcome back after the break. Thank you for making time for the next segment. I know these are long podcast but the the show the platform is one hour and we, we everything really flows we need we need to say what we need to say or i need to say what i need to say from god in order to really bring this message through there is a flow to it but if you're running out of time you can always go back to itunes sometime in about six hours time it's made available on that platform for you to re-listen to but we talked about in the first segment just to overview it about how we have an uneasy feeling, we, we go on a seek, we try and find value and really pursue outside things in order to, we're trying to pay for value when the value is internal. So it's about going on a pilgrimage. Life is a pilgrimage of finding and really a pilgrimage that becomes shaped. All these trials and tribulations shape you into a masterpiece, much like a piece of gold or a piece of wood. It needs to go through some shifting and changing to get to the way you want to look at it. So very often, our lives need to go through something to get them to look the way we want them to. So going in with the second segment now, we talked about, talked about how when God came in, he has, we, we have no space because we're in a tug of war. So we're called to step into something new so that we can then rise to new levels. I mean, would you pour new wine into an old wineskin? No, you would buy new wineskins. So the mind and the thoughts and the heart in the same way need to need new counsel to create new patterns, new patterns for living. This will not be by putting a Band-Aid on the old, but through transforming the old to become a new way of thinking and then a new way of living. Part of our false self is founded in our human nature. And the idea that we can do it alone and trusting our solutions is spurred by a defense mechanism in us that we always want to be right. So very often we don't take advice and we continue to make mistakes because in our defense mechanism, we always want to be right. I'm sure you have people in your family or friends that you can really relate to this. They always want to win an argument and they always want to be seen as being right. Sometimes you've got to be wrong to be right. And that message is for somebody too. So when we think we can do it alone, we get prideful, we get arrogant, we get angry and unable to change our hearts as we become hardened. We get stuck in our habits and ways. We realize they're futile. We can't change them and it builds a hardness and anger about us. And you can really see this with a large percentage of people. There's this this edginess, there's this bursting out anger. You know, this can result in a miserable life, regardless of what you have, where you live, or what you add to yourself. It can be hellation in a palace, or you can be living in heaven in, in one room. And again, I, th- I feel that strongly for somebody. As you may have heard from a previous episode, the heart is like a bank account. I think it was a few weeks ago, the heart is like a bank account, probably three episodes before this. If you want to go into iTunes, just put in the heart is like a bank account put a new dimension to the show and then go to that particular episode. So the heart before anything else is the key player in influencing the quality of your life and of those around you. Even those on a spiritual journey must engage in a regular heart assessment. This is because in the fast paced of modern life with all the myriads of media, multicultural cities and opinions pulling at our hearts, unless we're careful, we would be going off track even when thinking that we're doing it, doing all the right things. Well, you know, we could be going to church or our place of worship for a lifetime. And in actuality, it's nothing more than a routine, much like drinking our morning Starbucks. Unless there is a deliberate choice with a conviction to soften our hearts and change our behavior, we'll remain nothing more than people with external religiosity. It's not the time you spend doing something, but the change you make out of the time that you spend doing something that really makes a difference. So unless we really deal with our behaviors, all our striving and work will become just ego eccentric and you know and through this we can become transformed and brought into the service of God through modeling his character it's really about changing the way you look at things so the word of God is more than a handbook of doctrine and a set of prescript prescriptives for proper living 
it, it really is a, a life course. It's a God-breed book designed to involve us passionately with the living God so that we can trust him even when life doesn't seem to make sense. Sometimes to me, I don't know why I'm doing something. It doesn't make sense why I should move away from a career four years ago and invest all my money in ministry. It doesn't make sense why I'm happy internally when a lot of people are wretched outside. So those things are of the spirit. We don't have to figure them out because his ways are high, his thoughts are high. We just need to trust um, we don't need to figure out the whys and hows of life. All we can do is just trust God's in charge and his master plan will continue to be fully in place just as it's always been. You know, Proverbs 19.21 tells us many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of God that will stand. So think of your relationship with God or perhaps your potential relationship with him. You know, would you want to stand before God to receive exactly what you've earned based on your past and present behavior? Or if salvation were offered as a product for sale, would you be able to afford it? You know, the grace of God is not like earning a wage by the merit of your work done. It's not like buying a product. It's a gift, and there's nothing you can do to add to it to make it better. You know, it is a gift. So when we seek these things, we, we start to change the way we look at ourselves, the way we look at our circumstances, the way we look at other people, the way we look at what we can do with our past. We can flip it because we realize, wait a second, this is all done to shape me, not to break me. So a lot of us are fighting, fighting, fighting. You don't need to fight. Put the tools down and just use it because you can't lose it, so you've got to use it. So we'll go on to section find. We, we talked about seek, we're going to talk about find. So, you know, we come to a place in our pilgrimage that there are certain things that we can't change. You know, our disabilities may be with us, our past, our heartbreaks will always remain with us on our journey. When we can grasp a hold that all things in our life that keep us living are in the spirit realm, meaning they'll always be invisible. What keeps you and me living and breathing is not the visible stuff. It's the spirit realm. We can then at the same time accept that all of the things we can see or perceive, or just an activity of our mind in a temporary illusion. So all things present are temporal, and the mind is a verb, it's an activity. It photographs things, plays them back to you, and your perception reads to you how it is. But the things of eternity are invisible. So as we gain that revelation, we start to realize God's using all of our afflictions to move us away from attaching ourselves to our possessions and relationships and the things we've seen. Because when we're attached, when we're externally referenced, it takes us away from God. Very simply, if I'm focused on the car I want to buy or remodeling the house or the dog or buying a pool, you know, all these things are great. They are God's gift. But at the same time, it takes you away from that relationship. So we need to not attach ourselves to our things, to our disabilities, to our lacks, to our circumstances, but instead see them as an incubator for our purpose and destiny. It is only when we're no longer attached to these things that we can fully manifest the greater that is yet unseen in our lives. So you become no longer rocked or swayed by the fluxes of your scene. You know, this can be in relationships, losing a loved one, health, finances, or anything on the outside subject to change. I can't control those things. Whether I'm Prince Charles or the man in the street, it doesn't matter. Those are always changing, but we're so externally referenced because we put our value and our purpose in those things. And that's why we're rocked all the time. This is the beginning of all of man's suffering. You know, when we're internally referenced, we feel the pain, but are no longer altering our walk due to discouragement or fear. God doesn't say, do not fear or do not be discouraged. He just says, you can feel it, but you don't have to be it. You don't have to have your identity in your discouragement or your, or your fear because your identity is in God. That is the big difference. Once you get your identity firmly in the spirit, Gone are all the things of discouragement of the enemy because you'll not identify with that. You will feel them, but you will go through them because you know they can get you through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. Once you can get a hold of this, a lot of the things you've been trying to get because you've and you haven't yet got them in your life, you've been discouraged or you've been fearful, those things will be removed. The wall has been removed and you can then, the sea, Red Sea has come down and you can go to the promised land for your life. And I'm really feeling this strongly for a lot of people. You've got to be not externally referenced. You've got to just, that's the source of a lot of your problems. So 
when you realize that you no longer need to battle your disabilities that you were born with or that happened as a result of an unforeseen circumstance or accident, you can then hold your head high, embrace them by letting God turn them into your disadvantages. You can change them if you look at them a different way. You can change what you're looking at. If God permitted them, then he will use them to bless others and also at the same time bless you. So I just want to give you a story, a story of a, of a lady who went through, most people would, would not have gone through it, and it's a really great story. As a teenager, Joni Erickson Tada, she was very fit, very healthy. She enjoyed riding. She enjoyed hiking. She enjoyed tennis and swimming. And a diving accident in, when she was about 18 years old left a, a quadriplegic in a wheelchair, so during her two years of rehabilitation, according to her autobiography, there is an autobiography, she experienced anger, depression, suicidal thoughts, and, you know, spiritual and religious doubts. However, Tada learned to paint with a brush between her teeth and began selling her artwork. She can also write this way. Today, she is an internationally known mouth artist, a talented vocalist, a radio host, an international speaker, and she's an author of 17 books and an advocate for people worldwide. So her affliction turned into her testimony, turned into her destiny, turned into her blessing, turned into her purpose and helped millions of people. So we don't need to sit and buy that lie. Oh, woe, there's me. I've got a bad life. There's nothing I can do. Whatever stacked up against you, greater is in you. Greater is in you that stacked up against you. You can throw it in the sea, even with faith the size of a mustard seed. That's how powerful your faith is. So if you, if you have a grain of mustard as a faith, you can throw it in the sea. That's how great your spirit is. I was also moved by a current movie, you know, Finding Dory. I go to movies because I do a lot of psychology and writing, and sometimes I just want to really relax, just relax the mind. <laughs> like we say, stories relax the mind. A movie called Finding Dory. Dory is a wide-eyed blue tang fish who suffers from memory loss every 10 seconds or so. Dory only has short bursts of functionality before she gets what she's doing and whatever she's learned. The only thing she remembers is that she somehow became separated from her parents as a child. So with the help of her friends Nemo and Marlin, Dory embanks on an epic adventure to find them. Her journey brings us to the Marine Life Institute, a conservatory that houses diverse ocean species. So Dory now knows that her family reunion will only happen if she can save her mum and dad from captivity. So Dory digs deeper into her vulnerabilities as a random set of associations trigger her memories of her parents. She doesn't remember where they are or how she lost them, but just like Marlin in the first film, Finding Nemo, she's frantic to reunite with her missing kin. She quickly ends up on her own and is frequently lost and confused about her purpose. Her determination keeps her moving forward, just as she advised Marlin to keep swimming in, in, in Finding Nemo. And bit by bit, the pieces of her past start to come together. So she has a disabilitating handicap who develops a coping mechanism within that handicap. She gets help when she can, forges ahead when help's not available, and succeeds on her own terms. So believe me, friend, the God that put the gem inside of you is by your side right now, and you cannot disappoint what God's already appointed. Hold your head high and keep going forward one day at a time to claim what has been set for you. Please, I love you, and he loves you more. Romans 8.28 tells us, Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in waiting, God's spirit is light alongside us all along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, much making prayer out of our wordless sighs and aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. This was Romans, the message version. What this means to me or you is that all things are not good. It would be naive for me to say they are. The death of a child's not good. Cancer's not good. Drug addiction's not good. War is not good. Infidelity's not good. And, you know, sex trafficking's not good. I could go on and on and on. But, you know, many of us had salt with our meals. So table salt's made both of sodium and chloride. So by itself, chloride is a toxic gas and sodium a toxic metal that explodes on contact with water. Put them together and they make salt. 
which is non-toxic except in very large quantities. You know, you can't live without it. So sodium is deadly poison and so is chloride, but together they work for good. Hot air balloons, for example, are an ingenious application of basic scientific principles. The basis of how the balloon works is that warmer air rises into cooler air. This is because hot air is lighter than cool air and it has less mass per unit of volume. So to help keep the balloon in the air and rising, hot air needs to be propelled upwards by the use of a burner. So the burner uses propane gas to heat up the air in an envelope to move the balloon off the ground and then into the air. So the pirate must keep firing the burner at regular intervals throughout the flight to ensure the balloon continues to be stable. So naturally, the hot air will not escape from the hole at the very bottom of the envelope as firstly, hot air rises, and secondly, the buoyancy keeps it up. So the fuel that's burnt for these purposes is propane, and it's no surprise that it's highly flammable. So the buildup in propane in an enclosed area can be ignited by the smallest spark and cause an explosion that could create a fire that could injure and kill those nearby. So God can take things that are bad and put them in his crucible of his wisdom and love. He works all things together for good and gives us the glorious, wonderful promise that he will do so. Nothing is happenstance with God. We know that all things work for good. It's ironclad. This doesn't mean that there'll be no adversity. Many of us think there'll be, there'll be no adversity. It doesn't mean there'll be no adversity, pain or persevering effort required on your part. You know, the apostle Paul wrote the scripture in the midst of suffering and pain. And as you probably know, Paul was no stranger to suffering. His several near-death experiences, his beatings, his imprisonments and persecutions were enough to eradicate any cheerful benevolence that might lurk in his heart. You know, the key is that he was living in the spirit and not by the flesh. He was not externally referenced. This is in a personal relationship with God. You know, when you know God has your back, even in the depths of despair, you know that what starts with God finishes well. And there is hope in the midst of the pain, in the loss, the marriage that went crazy, your child that is addicted to crack, your alcoholic mother that wasn't available to you as you were growing up and hurt you with her angry words. You know, without a relationship with God, we look at the problem as we're finite, but with God, we have infinite possibilities, a persevering hope that cannot be shaken. You know, you only need to look at old people that are living without a personal relationship with God, which is most of them. You know, they're bitter, not better. They're angry. They're tired. They're controlling. That's because they have no hope in their circumstance. They feel that their life is bad. So what the heck is the point? You know, get with God, friend, and... Really, and as I say, when, when go back to the experience I had with my mother, when she, I flew to London, she fell tragically in a crash. Six days later, I flew to London from Los Angeles, arrived at the hotel. I'm giving you an overview of this. Something inside of me, which the spirit said, drop your bags, go to the hospital. So when I went to the hospital, guy tapped me on the shoulder. Basically, she's dying. Two minutes later, she was gone. That was so powerful, got a gold light that God said, look, I'll give you the strength to get through this. And then two weeks later, I preached to about 250 people at a funeral. And I said, we're going to turn this pain into a gain for all of us because that's how mother would want and that's how God would have wanted. I could have been devastated, suicidal, and taken 10 years to recover from it. But I realized because I'm no longer externally referenced, mother's still with me. She is in the spirit the experiences I've had with her have not left me. They'll always be with me. And moreover, God's still with me. So I hope this is helping somebody out there. You can, there's so many scenarios I can give you, but I'd have to do a five-hour show. But just trying to say that that's what Paul was feeling. When you're, not, when you're not externally referenced, then you know that your parking space is in heaven, like a Starbucks space is reserved for a director with his name on. That's how sure... Yes, you will struggle. Yes, there'll be things you need to go through, but it's working. You're not going to get caught up in this finite what the heck kind of stuff. Think about it. Jesus went through excrucia, crucifixion, Greek word excrucia, excruciating pain of the crucifix. And then three days later, he was raised in victory. So that pain set it up for the whole of the gospel, for the reason why I'm doing this today and for the reason why millions of people are changing the world. So it, it happened out of pain. And the reason why God did this was to overcome all pain that we can go through so he could identify us, send his son in the flesh form so we can develop a relationship and build the bridge between us and God and get back in a relationship with him. I've abbreviated probably about four different sermons to put them into one here. But 
So when you accept that your adversity outside of you is a setup to get the gem inside of you, the game's over for the, for the committee of your mind. The mind is the committee. Oh, the marriage is bad. Oh, this is bad. Oh, this is no good. Oh, I'm a loser. I was abused. I was raped. All of these things. You know, you've now found the hidden gem inside of you to then release the best outside of you. You know, you will mirror a godlike character and behavior. Galatians 5.22 tells us, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law, meaning when you do those things, nothing is going to stand in your way. Nothing is good. But how many of us are, are truly doing that? That's why it's a conscious decision every morning when you wake up. You know, I have to try good not to be, try hard not to be a jerk because I'm a human being and my default mode would be that. I've had to change. I've had to go from Yosemite to lion or from lion to another operating system. Very simply, we need or to maverick. So we need to really be conscious of that. It's only by consistent, conscious effort, persevering through pain and circumstance that you will sculpt yourself to be the best. So really need to focus on making your choices daily. I'm, I would write down the things you want to achieve and also write down areas that you're struggling in, maybe short-tempered in certain areas, maybe in, in a relationship or maybe with your children or maybe at work or maybe things are not working financially in some area or health-wise. I would write down those things Remind yourself that those things are not against you. They're in that combustion. They're working for you. But remind yourselves of what I've said about Galatians and Isaiah. God's trying to do something new. Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and also but all of those things will build up your arsenal because the way we're living now has really begun when it first started and we kept reinforcing negativity. So all of we kept reinforcing battles of circumstances and control. So we became a product of our living. What we need to do is we need to become a product of the one who made us. So our way of living changes. So we need to really, I'm coming off what I was going to say on this part because I'm feeling being driven to say this. So we need to reset our default mode. So that becomes our new default mode. Very simply, if a main road is very busy and people start to take a side street, which is called a shortcut, eventually that shortcut will become the new way because people have just changed their default way of driving home. It's become their new way, which is the busy road. So very simply, to become a new way, you need to start. You need to start by doing one thing, two things, three things, four things. But you need to not just start and stop. It's not like going from AM to FM on a radio band. You need to continuously do it until you get change. So that's going to be persevering effort on your part. It is every day in our free will is where the struggle is. And, and that's the setup in our free will. We have to make a choice. So we're going to talk about release and then take some takeouts. Release really is the culmination of this episode. It's when I found all of these things and all of these things are piecing together, I'm no longer struggling with my disability because I've turned that into my ability. I'm no longer trying to buy happiness and peace because I know it's inside of me. I don't have to attain it. So God has given it to me as a gift. When you're fully seated in your being, how, how would life look? How would life look? And this is an overview. There's many other ways I, I could say this message, but it's an overview. And within the time I have for the show, I had to put it in a way that can really make an impact. So the world outside will no longer be a place that you will seek for your answers as you'll be connected to your divine plan and purpose for your life. You'll have your identity. It is in this increased state of being that you'll be driven by the spirit and then so renewed and fulfilled to perpetuate a state of purpose. You'll be full of potential, pregnant of potential, as you will realize that things are not given to you at their potential, but they're given to you full of potential. Yes, God doesn't give you things at their potential, but he gives them to you full of their potential. As you're in a state of oneness between God and purpose, you'll be full of life and not drained by the stress and fears of human nature or the outside world or the media. You'll not be grounded in the media. You'll be grounded in hope as you'll no longer rely on the media for your instruction or you'll no longer be externally referenced. In this new state of connectedness, there'll be a nurture about you that will sustain itself regardless of what is going on on the outside. 
you'll no longer have to work too much. You'll no longer have to take antidepressants. You'll no longer have to get angry. No longer have to take drugs. No longer have to get porn addicted. All of those things is to escape. It's to escape. Your false self is telling you life is hard. It's no good for me. So what I need to do is get a fix so I can survive till the next day. And then it starts perpetuating. That's how a habit occurs. I take, get into a habit because I want to escape. It releases serotonin, oxycontin, and certain chemicals that make it feel good. And bingo, it's got me. It's got a possession of me. That's the devil trying to get a hold of you. Because while you're in, while something is in control of you and has dominion, God can simply not release the best in you. He ha- you have to be fully depended upon him to be able to release the best of you. So in separation, all of these things are in control of you. But in jointness, in oneness, in being, none of these things will even, they'll fall right off you like duck, water off a duck's back. So your independence from the worldly influences will translate to you being the master of your destiny as you'll no longer be driven by need to get or to compete as you'll be founded in God and his master plan for you, which is the purpose for your life. There'll no longer be an inner struggle, a resistance to either try to change others or change circumstances or complain or change things as what you focus on will now be a mirror that will become that change. So what you focus on will be a mirror that will become that change. You'll be looking at things differently, so the way you see things will then be different. So within this new perspective will be a greater zest within you, as life will have attained a certain flow that will sustain you in times of test, as well as times of challenge and victory. You'll be sustained. You'll go through them with a hope and a vision that they're working for you. You know, your days will be akin to waves splashing on a shoreline. One experience will set you up for another, and interactions will now be a place to impart, to listen, to learn and grow. We'll no longer be stuck in our minds trying to get our point across to be right. We'll actually be able to interact with human beings, and it's something in our modern society that we're just not doing because we're so caught up in the what is, and I'm trying to find something, or I'm trying to be right, or so caught up in the anger of the day that we don't listen, we don't impart. You only actually learn when you listen, and then you can impart and have an interaction with somebody. And interaction is between two people, not talking at them, but interacting together, two or more people. The mystery of your journey will have no horizon, as the freedom of your inner self will be guided through revelation of your experiences. There really will be no horizon, because it'll be limitless. You'll no longer be constricted to finite, because you'll be infinite. And which you are, this really is a temporal resting place. And we may live here 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years, but then we'll go on for thousands of years. So we are a spirit being, just having a human moment, just passing by, a train passing by a station. One thing is certain, the ebbs of flow in life will forever be shifting. I can't promise you that they'll change. There will always be this change, but you'll not be troubled as you'll be grounded you know, in spirit and not on a course to fulfill the plan and purpose for your life and its journey. So you will be on course regardless. I'm finishing well regardless of what I've got to go through because I know that this is my plan and purpose. I know that greater things are coming from the attrition. Once this has been revealed to you, you no longer depend on sensory living. You know, you're free of the senses and they're free from its mind editing and the restrictions that it would previously have confined you to. You know, when we live in our thoughts and feelings, I am feeling this way and our emotions We're not living free. We're dependent upon somebody doing the right thing, saying the right thing, behaving the right way, an outcome turning out that way. And if they don't, what's controlling us? The leash of the living on your emotions or living on your feelings. You're not in control. The way to be in control is to have mindful living, to have the mind that you were given. Be renewed. Be in this world, but renewed by the the mind. Do not be conformed to the patterns, but be renewed by the transforming of your mind in Romans. It's freedom, and it's also power to have dominion over your thoughts and actions. When we're influenced by others um, and their mirroring of their life experiences and limitations upon us, we're really at their mercy. You know, you'll no longer be a part of this quantum paradigm. You'll be less susceptible to be in a victim or a fear-based mode. This will lead you to faith, to greater openness, greater peace, and an eternal purpose. You'll not be an independent participant in life, but in unity with all that God created you to be. Your greater awareness becomes the consciousness that no longer keeps you bound as a prisoner to your mind. The mind that had previously held you in limitation and had taken on that as being that as being your reality. It paved the way. You'll now have a way paved for a glorious journey. 
you have opened the jail cell of the mind. You've now become aware that what you've been using all along to sabotage you and restrict you, you'll actually be using for you. You can now experience all that life has, all that it is, all that it will be as you rest in magisterial stillness. You know, you dance in the harmony with all of creation, creating a cosmic ripple and a sound that is in totality breathes as one. As I say, a bird, when it flies through the sky, leaves a vapor. A stone that falls into the river leaves a ripple. All of these things. So I hope I've helped some thousand people with this, even if I've only helped one person. doesn't matter. Not the 99 that were found, but the one that was lost. I don't do this for building of me or building of the brand because there isn't one. I'm building the brand of love, which is the brand of God, and channeling that to him, trying to find you better ways of living, to challenge your mind, to elucidate, to inspire you, to get you out of the routine or get you out of what you've taken on as being your source of fuel. We're all feeling a certain way because we've put our faith in something. We've either put our faith in people or on media, which has got us jacked up, or we've put it on God, which has given us hope, a plan, and a purpose, and a vision. So I'm just going to give you some takeouts. We're gradually running to an end of this show. God has your back. In keeping with the race imagery, he has cleared the path of faith so that, we, that you can run it. You know, the way is open. Although hurdles will exist in your life, the roadblocks have been removed. You can conquer anything coming to you. The sea and the wall will come down. Don't fret over yesterday and say, instead, see the fleeting moment of today. Embrace the gift of each breath you take, the potential for greatness in each day, and the hope of greater yet to come in your life and future. Life is not measured by the amount of breaths you take, but by the moments that take your breath away in your life. You know, it's been a blessing sharing with you wherever you are in the world. I know we go out to 60 countries and we're probably on iTunes accessing thousands of people. But I mean, all glory to a great God for giving me the tireless perseverance to help you. I don't know how I find the strength and ability to do these, the wisdom to share and the amazing love to me and you. You know, I want you to have an amazing rest of the week. You can contact me on Twitter, um, which is uh, Nicholas Barrett. You can email me. The book is coming out on September 26th, Get Out of Mind Jail. And anytime you want to re-listen to podcasts, again, iTunes, New Dimensions. Now is not really the end. It's the beginning. You've heard information. When you use it, that will become your wisdom and your new level. It's been a blessing. Love you guys. And I will talk to you very soon. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of New Dimensions. Please join Reverend Nicholas Barrett again next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a blessed week.